You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. I am here today with my dear friend and mentor, Sammy Fleming. Sammy is a coach for devoted space holders who are ready to connect with their true feminine leadership. She supports her clients to cultivate strong inner confidence like never before and rise into the next level of their lives and soul work with ease. Welcome, Sammy. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, Sam. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like this conversation is one that's been like stirring away in me for a while and it feels really cool. It feels really good to be here doing the recording with you. Yeah, it feels beautiful. And we've been like chatting away for 20 minutes before we press record. And I was like, come on, let's, we've got to get some of this (laughs) beautiful depth into the podcast. But it's always a good sign when you can have a good chat with a guest before you hit record, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So today we're going to share like a little bit about your self-worth journey. So are you able to share a time when, in your life, you felt that your self-worth was a little bit wobbly um, or your sense of being innately whole and good enough um, just didn't feel rock solid. Yeah, I'm going to choose from like a smorgasbord of those <laughs> options, of those moments in my life, truthfully. And I say that because like it's it certainly doesn't, it has not only been one moment. Yeah, I think the human experience provides us with some shaky times where we are figuring out who we are and what we're doing and building that self-worth back up and that comes in all sorts of different forms so the time that feels most I guess most recent actually but also most relevant and real for me when I think about like us in this conversation is uh, freshly coming out of maternity leave, which was about two years ago. Um, I think becoming a mother, a parent, was one of the most profoundly life-altering experiences of my life, probably the most profound and life-altering experiences of my life. And in so many ways I felt more powerful more attuned, more connected, more able to understand my own priorities and still entering back into work mm. was felt a little, no, it was like the, the ground I was walking on felt a little unsteady um, just because I was different and I hadn't yet really got to know myself on the other side. Um, being so immersed in that newborn early months of childhood, um, mm. you know, childbearing life. I, yeah, I, I went back into work sort of still in the haze of the early days. 
Yeah. And it's interesting that you said like you had a smorgasbord of moments that you could choose because I do have some people that I have conversations with who are like, oh no, like my, my self-worth is 100% rock solid. Like I, I don't ever have trouble with it. And um, I'm so curious about that experience. If that is just that some people just have this solid sense of self-worth that never um, shakes or wobbles or alters, or if there's maybe like a little bit less awareness of it, like, um, you know, it, it's just something I'm really curious about because as you said, you had a smorgasbord of experiences. I was literally like, that is me. And it feels so good <laughs> to hear you say that because yeah, some women find it really hard to think of a time when they didn't feel great about themselves or they didn't feel, yeah, a hundred percent worthy or enough. Um, but for me, I can think of like, breakups yeah each time I become a mom when I've you know had times in my business where things aren't going well like there is like such a smorgasbord so yeah I know that there'll be other women listening kind of shaking their head going oh it feels good to hear Sammy share that recently um and I give this context Mm. because in terms of what I'm about to share but I've just I've been doing this um writing circle this writing experience and it's all around the theme of death which is like kind of intense and a lot of people have when I tell them are like oh interesting why would you do that um and part of the reason is that I want to be hyper aware to my life or super aware to my life and I want to live an analyzed life and I think that's not always the easiest life to live I don't think I signed up for the easiest path Mm which is interesting because they often use the term ease in my work and it doesn't necessarily mean easy. Um, But I think those that consciously or unconsciously have kind of chosen the hyper-analyzed life, Mm. there's this, that you use the word awareness. There's that awareness Mm. on everything where we can go, you know what, this feels a little sticky and we don't have to band-aid it and bypass it. Yeah. and, you know, there's a level of sensitivity too, which I think mm. um, attributes to said smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel really, um, yeah, grateful that you shared that the way you described it, I feel needs to be out there in the world. And so for you, like, how did you know that your self-worth was wobbly? Like, what did you notice in yourself in your inner world the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is I I was looking outside of myself a lot Mm -hmm. and I was trying to find my ground and what I was doing by looking externally. Yeah. Okay. And I think I just, yeah, I didn't have that kind of solid pillar in me to grasp onto, to hold me, to feel like really stable. Yeah. So I was looking externally and going, what am I doing? How does that look in the world now? You know, also I was before having a child and after having a child, I was working in the online world, mm. continue to now. And so the sort of roughly seven, eight months that I took off, very short amount of time in the grand scheme of life, but a lot changes yeah. in the online space in that period of time. You know, you're kind of going, it kind of felt like, arriving at the party a little bit too late Mm, mm -hmm. you know when everyone's already kind of in their nook they're like hanging with the people they're going to be hanging with they've got their food 
yeah. like drinks are kind of running out about like that mm. um and so I yeah I I really could feel that I wasn't there wasn't that solidity internally yeah. it just felt like I was almost grasping yeah. for some for and I didn't ask for it and I and it wasn't like even necessarily a conscious thought process at that point but maybe there was like a sense of wanting to be validated mm. or like still know I was at home here mm. just as much as I was at home in this new role I was yeah. in in my life yeah so it sounds like for you it felt more wobbly in the returning to business and in the actual adjustment to being a mum yeah yeah which is really interesting because I yeah, I've um, someone really close to me has just become a mum, and I can just see how much it's rocking her her confidence right now. Um, but it's like this adjustment period, and and you're learning to become a mum. But then for you, there was like this second ad- adjustment period of like learning to be a mum and a business owner. And I think that metaphor of arriving at the party a little too late is really powerful uh did you have a sense of like being maybe more aware of what other people were doing and that that kind of comparison thing that can come up sometimes for sure yeah for sure um which I found kind of ironic and odd because I did feel you know I've heard so many people say like I gave birth and then I realized how Mm. powerful I was or I gave birth and I thought oh my god I could be running marathons like every day like what a wild powerful vessel I have and also like however you know people choose to birth and and so it it felt odd to me like it felt like an odd thing to feel that shaky self-worth when I felt really truly connected to my self-worth as a birthing person and as a mother and as a yeah, the motherhood piece felt like, I mean, not always, but mostly like yeah. an easeful adjustment. Yeah. And isn't that so, like there's so much nuance there, isn't there, that you can feel powerful, you can feel worthy, you can feel enough in one area of your life and still feel a sense of um, shakiness, of wobbliness in another area of life. Yeah. I yeah. feel that. And, you know, something that's coming to mind for me is I remember feeling, and I still feel it now, like it's Mm. almost bringing tears to my eyes when I think about it. Having a child feels like it burst, like burst my heart open in the most amazing way, like shattered the barriers. And the way that that has impacted my work has been really special. I've loved bringing that more open-hearted way into my work and that felt shaky too, you know, to feel more raw, to feel more open, to feel more almost exposed yes. because I was no longer like the maiden harbored self. Yeah. There's this like rawness and realness and um, you have way less control over your life. Don't you? Once you become a mom. <laughs> yes. A million times over. Yeah. And no one really, I don't think people talk about it a lot, but that, that can make you feel very vulnerable. Yeah. 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 And, and even that, like the practicalities of that, you know, it was not all just on me anymore. In fact, it was only just slightly about me. 
now. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, you're doing this writing course and you're you're really you you deeply examine your life. I think I'm using the wrong words, mm-hmm. so apologies, but um it was something along those lines. And I can relate to that. Like I've often been accused of being an overanalyzer, an overthinker. Um, like I would talk to my best friend about something and she would be like, oh gosh, you really like, um, I didn't even give that a second thought. And you like, and and it's interesting because I think I used to see it as a negative, but now I really see it as a positive and a strength. And it's, for me, it's a lot to do with my sensitivity. So I'm really curious, like, do you identify as some someone who is a highly sensitive person and do you think that that impacts on the way you relate to your self-worth and and that sense of power? Great question. I absolutely identify as a highly sensitive person. My relationship with what that means has shifted quite a lot over the last decade or so. I think when I first acknowledged that, I gave a lot of my power over to it and decided that meant I was too sensitive to fill in multiple blanks. Yeah. Um, I've had some great teachers over the years who have supported me to understand that high sensitivity can be a superpower, is a superpower. Sensitivity is our superpower. Um, and we can work with it. We can work with it. We can work, uh, allow it to be a tool in our toolkit, essentially, and also being a deep feeler, a highly sensitive human, I think it does uh, mean that everything is, well, of course it means everything is very much felt. Yeah. And I kind of want to underline that, like very much felt. <laughs> and 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 because of that, dips in, like micro dips for other people in self-confidence or uh, even... Um, a sense of nervousness about something might feel like something they can just breeze through. Mm. But it sounds like we have this in, in you know, we, we work the same way in this way. We will stop in that moment and go, let me examine this. Let me like shine a light on it and breathe life into it. Let it have a voice for a moment mm. and then potentially heal it or maybe just witness it and continue on. Um, so I do think that amplifies the experience of life, but I think it also amplifies the experience of love and joy and um, fulfillment. And, you know, it's, I think it amplifies all of life. Mm. I wouldn't change that for the world, but it's, it's kind of an intense way to live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, as a fellow highly sensitive person, really relate to that. It's like, yeah when you feel things you feel them so deeply so the joys Mm. are like just oh so sweet um but the challenges feel like can feel oh so heavy but yeah I think we have a very similar philosophy around like you need to let yourself feel it and Mm. witness it and talk it out to be able to process it um even if you then have to go through a similar experience six months later um, you know, because it's never like fixed or <laughs> completely gone away. It's just different parts of ourselves that need to be explored, right? Right. Yeah. And you have been such a teacher for me in that way, you know, of um, willingness to look at the things and really shine a light on them. And, and it feels like whenever I have 
been with you in that there's just this ability to not bring shame into it because I think that's a sense sometimes a trait for highly sensitive people is to bring a layer of shame to like feeling things so intensely but you to me are such a teacher of what it is to do that with big infusions of love Mm. and self-compassion and seeing your whole humanity it's really beautiful oh gosh Sammy thank you I'm gonna receive that (laughs) oh that makes me feel a little bit teary um yeah I think in some ways I don't have a choice it's like who I am I feel things really deeply and it it feels really harmful to keep them in (laughs) but I know I have had feedback from people that like that's very powerful for them to witness you know me just being really honest about who I am and what I'm feeling in the moment (laughs) absolutely that's Um, leadership in my opinion yeah it's funny because in my 20s like a good friend of mine was like you just wear your heart on your sleeve and I love that about you um but obviously other people find it quite confronting so Mm -hmm. it's it's very polarizing I think when you are truly yourself and Mm -hmm. learning to be okay (laughs) with that is (laughs) you know learning to not be everyone's cup of tea is a journey isn't it I think Mm. so yeah for you um When you were navigating that time, I'm really curious. I know you have so much wisdom about this for us all to um, experience. Like how did you attend to yourself and take care of yourself during that transition back into business when you were feeling that kind of sense of shakiness? I remember um, having my baby in like the front pack with the carrier, we use different yeah. terminology in New Zealand yeah. and Australia. And I was walking to get a coffee and I was voice messaging a friend mm. and I was talking to her about this very thing. And she yeah. said to me, remember who you actually are though. Like, remember who you are and not in a, not in an arrogant way, not in a like strange hierarchical way. I'm just so disinterested in that kind of way of living. Yeah. But in like really connect back to your core. Mm-hmm. Having a child has simply added a layer of who you are. Yeah. And it hasn't um, dissolved everything you were before. It's kind of hard to remember who you were before because this new life is so all-encompassing, but it hasn't dissolved it. Yeah. All of what was still exists simply in a different form now you've got you know like a sidekick and I found it really powerful to actually tune into that really on quite a somatic level like Mm. a physical connecting to the core of me like remembering that this has been a part of me in all sorts of different it's manifested in lots of different ways and I mean that as in like it's looked different ways in different parts of my life but it's not new Mm. and I was really showing up as though it was kind of new because I felt new um and it was like remembering who I actually am yeah all of the years that want me to be there Mm. I have no doubt a version of that is going to happen again potentially if I have another child maybe it will be after that again you've been a teacher for me and like the different experiences that can happen with different children you know like parenting for a second time or a third time or fourth time gives us a different experience so 
that may happen again um, and it may happen due to all sorts of different reasons but tending to looked like remembering my core it also looked like getting back in the arena so actually doing the work and remembering how much it felt like home yeah so rather than because yes tendency to over-examine over-analyze kind of stepping out of that for a moment or choosing just to put that to the side for a moment stepping back into the actual work and it felt like I kind of feel my whole body softening as I tell that part of the story because it felt like oh yeah that's right here we are back home doing this thing I love so much Mm, there's something about if you love the craft of coaching which I know we both do uh It's not like you ever go into working with your clients, expecting them to support you or heal you, but it is just very naturally energizing and confidence boosting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I think when you're, when you have the great privilege of working with humans who are um, aligned and you get to really see each other, there's no way you don't come out of those conversations feeling more you. Yeah. It's like a great remembering yeah. through the work itself. Yes, I think. And it's also a beautiful example of what I like to talk about, like strengths-based work with my clients. So like sometimes when our self-worth feels a bit wobbly, um, we are, we're forgetting who we are. We're forgetting all that we have already done and all all the versions of us that we have have already been. And so going back and looking at all that we've created in our life Mm. and all of our positive qualities and our strengths uh, can be so powerful um, because, yeah, sometimes we forget who we are. Mm. I think your friend was very beautifully, like it was such a wise statement for them to make, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really shifted things for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... I also really liked what you talked about with your body and the core. I almost sort of like core strength, you know, like we always talk about in postpartum, we need to focus on our core strength. Um, It's almost like you have this core sense of self-worth, but you forget about it when things are hard. Like I know I forgot about mine when I went through like a really rough breakup and yeah, definitely um, each time I've become a mum, there's been moments of it as well. Um, But there is this core, um, part of us that knows that we're enough or that's the the part of us that we're aiming to like activate and engage and remember right oh completely and you know the business part of my brain just thinks it's an incredible program (laughs) like speaking about the core strength postpartum in a non-physical way (laughs) that's yeah that's a really great analogy yeah yeah it is and like I'm really curious if you like looking back, it's always really hard to look back. Like when I look back at postpartum me, I always have so much compassion for her and um, yeah, wish I could have, you know, given her all the hope that it was going to pass and that it would get easier. Um, but, you know, it's not always easy in that moment to, to kind of connect with that, is it? But I'm really curious, like, is there anything that you wish you knew back then that you know now Oh, it's like, it's it's hard to articulate. It feels like a blanket. Mm. Um, It feels like a blanket of, it feels really soothing, actually. Yeah. The kind of, I, I want to like wrap her up and say, yeah. 
one, yes, it's going to get easier. Two, one day you're going to have so much more time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even now I have so much more time than I did then. And I know that that's also true for the version of me two years from now, three years yeah. from now, we'll look back and say the same thing to me now. Yeah. Um, but also like, I'm just so proud of her. Yeah. I can see I was living in Australia at the time. Yeah. I would be voxering, like voice messaging my clients. Yeah. And I, I loved this so much. I would be, you know, walking with my baby, trying to keep her asleep yeah. uh, while voice messaging these clients underneath the Australian gum trees. Yeah. And I look back on those moments just with such fond memories. Like it feels so warm in my spirit thinking about that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't try to separate all areas of my life so much. They, naturally, they just had to be together, It's you know, mm -hmm. to some extent. And I'm just so proud of her for showing up for that. And yeah. I don't think it's the right path for every single person mm -hmm. to be working when your child is that age. Yeah. It felt really good for me though. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of her for, mm. for doing what felt most right in that moment. Mm. That's beautiful. And I wonder if like, when we have different areas of our lives that we breathe life into and that we have strengths from, they kind of support the other areas. So like for me, it sounds like you were really confident in motherhood from like the very beginning, but it was more business that was the the bit that you wobbled with. For me, it was the opposite. I found, the, especially the first time, I found motherhood so hard and it just didn't come naturally and it was actually working in my business that kind of breathed life back into my confidence. So it's like beautiful to just also think about those two supporting each other. Like maybe if you're having a, a rough day as a mum, that you do still have your business to, and now that's where your confidence might come from for that day, you know? There's like this transferable confidence that can yeah. swing between yeah. And the more we yeah, breathe life into one, the more it breathes life into the other. And I just I want to state too that like I didn't feel confident 100 percent of the time every single day as a mother. It, it felt like a natural progression, but yeah. it was also like, you know, intense and the sleep deprivation piece, yeah. like so real for years, years, years. Um and it still exists to a certain extent. <laughs> and yeah, by no means like came out charging and 100% confident but there was kind of a, a deep subtle confidence perhaps yeah. that felt quite true yeah like quite um quite trusting of yourself as a mum yeah 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 it's beautiful I think to just think about the different areas of your life and um yeah to know that someone might look really confident in one area of life it doesn't mean that they're not having challenges in other areas of life because I think as humans we make a lot of assumptions about other people you know I think the internet really simplifies the human too into yes. like they are this we categorize this person as incredibly confident yeah and so therefore they are in every area yeah, yeah. um it, yeah I don't know if it does a lot for like dissecting the natural human way of being different in different areas mm, yeah and I've had clients say that to me like oh I'm like so confident in this area of my life why aren't I confident at work or you know and yeah you'd think that that would be more transferable but it's not always is it because it's right. different stories come up as well yeah. um so is there anything for anyone who's listening 
um, who's struggling with a season where they're doubting themselves or feeling wobbly within themselves, whether that's, you know, they've just become a mama, they're going through a rough relationship breakup, they're, um, yeah, they're getting back into business or work after maternity leave. Like what is the the message that you would want them to hear or to um, to hear from you? I really love the practice of tuning into our future selves. I think our future selves have so much wisdom for us, particularly amongst the egoic nature of what it is to be human. You know, like it's hard sometimes to tap into our highest knowing and our truest wisdom when we are, when things feel really tough. And so my invitation would be to, to, tune into the future version of you maybe that's five years from now maybe that's five weeks from now maybe that's when you're 95 years old like choose your own adventure Mm -hmm. but it's a really powerful practice to tune into that version of you and like create you know a few moments for this like a few minutes maybe as much time as you can and ask what they would have you know yeah and I think sometimes it's simply we receive the the message of like it's actually okay and this is happening for you. Or maybe we receive the message of like, just keep going. You've got it. You've got it. Maybe we receive the message. It's something entirely different. But I think when our um, guidance and our navigation comes from within us, yeah. it's a really powerful thing. Uh, so, yeah, I would really invite anyone, if it feels true and good to do, to connect in with the future version of themselves and ask, you know, what would you have me know? Yeah. It's a beautiful way to zoom out as well, isn't it? And that because sometimes we can be so stuck in a season that it, it feels so hard and like it's never going to end, but actually in two months time, it's going to be so much easier. Um, and yeah, I feel like connecting with the future self helps us have that, that to kind of zoom up. Um, I used to do this activity with my clients actually when, more as a therapist but to get them to actually zoom up and imagine they're looking at their life from like a helicopter we called it the helicopter view and then they would like give themselves advice you know from their future self from their inner wise woman from a best friend and it's all about just helping to get that perspective isn't it yeah exactly that the perspective thing is so important because it does feel all-encompassing yeah in the moment you know and we can zoom out and go like even if we look at you know, the first couple of years of mm. parenting yeah. as this conversation has been about yeah. in the grand scheme of all life. It's like this tiny little micro season, mm. even though it feels like it will. Yeah. That's the way we'll live forever more. The sleep I deprivation. 17 times a night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think when you're in sleep deprivation, it feels like it will never end. And yeah. that can completely skew the way you see life, can't it? Yeah. 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 I remember that time. I don't I don't think that's a part of my life I'll ever forget. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to because I want to have lots of compassion for mums. Mm. So I've kind of made myself promise that I won't forget it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sammy. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything that's on your heart or that's that's coming up from this, you know, chat today? I think. You know, something I've been speaking with clients about recently is this idea of humbly and compassionately meeting ourselves. Mm. And I think that's a really profound 
a simple but profound practice to like truly, mm. truly, truly be meeting ourselves throughout mm-hmm. our life. And I think particularly in times where self-worth feels a bit shaky, yeah, yeah. self-compassion feels a bit hard to access, yeah. if we can just meet ourselves, meet ourselves, meet ourselves, and ideally love ourselves mm. through that process. It's, I mean, really what it is, is it's holding space for ourselves, it's, you know, yeah. it's meeting ourselves in all of the seasons. I think that is just such an act of, it is an act of love um, mm. for us. And so I know that's something I try mm. imperfectly to practice, to meet myself through all the seasons, the glorious and the sticky. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we could have a whole conversation about that. I'm super curious, like how the the thing that I think is that what you're saying is so wise, because I think when our self-worth is at its lowest is when we need to be most loving and most compassionate, Mm -hmm. but it's also when it's the hardest. Well, I find that's when I'm the most critical of myself. Um, So I don't know, like, how do we do that? I don't don't Mm -hmm. even know if there is a like black and white answer for that, but I know that's a question that comes up for me. Oh, I can completely relate to that question. And I think that's an ever-changing answer. Yeah. And not like a blanket answer I could give, but I but I think really it's the art of holding space for ourselves. And I know that there will be multiple people listening to this that are space holders that find it so easy to show up Mm -hmm. as compassionate witnesses for other people. Yeah. And so whether you do that in a professional sense or simply within your own life to be able to show up and really like be with the person in front of you yeah, and with unconditional love or unconditional positive regard yeah, and to meet them there is incredibly like an incredibly rich experience both as the space holder and as the receiver and really it's just doing that for ourselves you know to bear witness to our hearts and truth and humanity and and be there with ourselves. But yes, you're so right. We have the added layer of self-criticism that plays in the background. Um, so just to give maybe a couple of practical yeah. examples, I think journaling is a really great one. It's yeah. certainly something I don't do enough of. Um, but often with journaling, we can really kind of empty out because we can write and write and write and write yeah. and write yeah. until we re- uh, until we arrive closer to truth. We write often like a more egoic thoughts at the beginning you know Mm. all of the things we think we suck at in that moment (laughs) until we kind of return (laughs) home so there's that um the practice of you know sitting with yourself in silence and silently witnessing like here I am this is what I feel okay let me be with that for a moment it's like you know the great Brene Brown teaching of shining a light on something and it loses its power so rather than not allowing ourselves to really illuminate what's going on for us. We do that and then it sort of it dissolves to a certain extent because we're not shoving it away into the corners of our psyche. We're letting it be here. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking the shame off something, which again, like you're just such an incredible teacher of for me and for so many people, taking the shame away from something, removing the shame from our experience is healing. Yeah. Mm. I love that. What's that quote from Brené Brown? Shame dies when it um, when stories are told in safe spaces. Yeah. Um, I think that is so true. Like, and often that 
might be one-on-one coaching or group coaching or therapy, depending on the context, but um, being able to speak out our truth and our experience in an unfiltered way and having someone just witness us and hold us and not try to fix us is so powerful, isn't it? And yeah, maybe that's where sometimes when we do get these these times in our life when our self-worth is feeling really fragile, we need to protect it so deeply and to, to seek support, whether that's having a beautiful conversation with a friend on Voxer or being in a coaching container. Um, I think that, that, yeah, sometimes we do need to lean on others a little bit, don't we, at those times? Well, sure. We can't always see complete truth in mm-hmm. our own reflection. You know, yeah. we see it through our lens. Yeah. So having that um, other perspective is, yeah, yeah, just so important. Yeah. Oh gosh. Thank you so much, Sammy, for your time today. Um, I feel like everyone's going to get so much out of um, this episode. So if people want to connect with you and follow along, where do you kind of most hang out? So mostly um, on Instagram, Mm -hmm. Um, Sammy Sonia Fleming is my handle. I'm sure it'll be in the little yeah in the notes. Um, I'm just upgrading my website, which feels very timely uh, and necessary. Uh, so that's sammyfleming.com, and those are my my main places on the internet. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Oh my gosh, my great pleasure. I appreciate you. Thank you for making this happen and inviting me on. It feels really special. Oh, it's been beautiful.